Welcome to a Better Divorce podcast where we have conversations about the emotional, financial, and legal issues that are on your mind or should be on your radar if your goal is to keep your divorce out of court. I'm collaborative divorce attorney and mediator Andrea Vaca, and I know that how you divorce matters to your long-term well-being. That's why it's my mission to help you have a better divorce with as little acrimony as possible so that you can create the best life possible on the other side of your marriage. Hi, everyone. I'm very happy to welcome Karen Covey to the show today. Uh, Karen is a divorce coach, a life strategist, a lawyer, and a mediator. And she likes to say that she helps her clients become the CEOs of of their own divorce so they can navigate the process with less conflict, less expense, and less damage to themselves and their children. And beyond that, she coaches professionals, busy professionals, uh, business owners who want to make clear and confident decisions in very highly charged emotional situations. So, oh, one more thing. She's also the author of uh, the book, When Happily Ever After Ends, How to Survive Your Divorce Emotionally, Financially, and Legally. And she's the host of her own podcast, Off the Fence. So you, you're you, so much to cover there, Karen, but I hope you, I did it properly. And it's really great to have you here on the podcast. You did a beautiful job. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Um, so I, um, you know, we're both divorce lawyers with many years of experience. And as we both know, so much of the work that we do is, is involving not only law and, and legal counseling, but emotional counseling and coaching our clients and so that they can take the advice we are giving and so that they can have the kind of divorce they've come to retain us for. But you made the transition from divorce attorney to divorce coach. So I'd like to hear more about that. Can you tell us how that happened and, and, and why? Well, it happened because I started my career with the idea that I was going to be a trial lawyer because I didn't know why anyone else would want to be a lawyer if you're not going to go to court, right? Mm-hmm. So I tried cases. I put, did jury trials. I worked for the government. I did a lot of things before I started to do divorce work. So when I went into divorce court, I looked around and said, well, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I mean, it made no sense to me when you're in trial and you've got someone on cross-examination as a lawyer and you're ripping their face off there and they're the, the president of some company that manufactured a drug that killed babies, right? Okay. I get that. But when it's your spouse and you've got to go and sit next to them at your kid's soccer game tonight, that made no sense to me at all, right? So I kept looking for that better way to divorce, right? So I became a mediator. I became an arbitrator. I became a collaborative divorce professional. And still nothing was quite doing it for me. And one time I had a secretary who had worked for a lot of different other law firms um, in the course of her career, divorce firms. And I always wanted to just be a solo practitioner. I didn't, after I'd been with a firm for a while, I was like, I'm done. I just want to be me. It was, a, it was in the summer. The office was hot. The door was open. The client and I were there. I talked to the client. Client leaves. And she had been sitting outside the door. And she said, you know, no one else does that, right? And I, I was like, does what? And he said, you just sat there and you spent an hour and a half with somebody and you told them here are your choices. Here are the ways you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. She explained the whole system. You went over everything and then you gave them a choice. And I said, well, what does everyone else do? I mean, clearly I'm missing the boat here. And she said, they just say, here's what you do. Here's my contract sign here. 
And I said, well, I don't think that's right because this isn't my life, right? And if they don't know they have a choice, they can't make one. So that kind of started me on the journey into coaching and education and trying to give people the tools they need to do what you preach, which is have a better divorce. Yeah. Oh, I, I am so with you, Karen, like not understanding. I always wanted to be a litigator as well. That's why, I, you know, when I was in law school, I picked family law because I wanted to litigate and work with people. And I realized the court made no sense for families and they, it was a crapshoot and no one was ever happy. I mean, we, I, yeah, it's, it's really amazing that you're saying all the things that I've, I feel and have said before and giving people the choice of which here are your options. These are different ways to divorce instead of going in it as many attorneys do. We're going to file this motion. We're going to do this. We're going to, I'll get you this and we'll do that. And you just don't, don't talk to your, anyone and I'll, I'll take care of everything. Right. And that's the problem because people like this is for most people, this is the first time they've ever done this. They don't know any better. They don't know they have choices. And in my opinion, it's up to the divorce professionals. And I thought primarily the lawyer, but now the coach um, to help people understand here are your choices. Here's what your options are, because divorce, excuse me, it isn't cookie cutter right? Every family is different. Every situation is different. And in some cases, as much as I don't like litigating a family law case, some of them need to be litigated, right? So for some people, that is the best choice. For other people, it's the worst choice. They, they'd be better off in mediation or in collaborative divorce or in any one of a lot of different divorce processes that have grown up over the years that are now choices for people. So it's about understanding your choices and having someone guide you as to what are the pros and cons of each one and which one might be right for you. And then helping them to make, you know, those decisions as to what is right for them and what to do next. So when so when now as a coach, you're no longer the lawyer, you're not playing the lawyer role as often, you're you know primarily a coach. What are you seeing your clients are coming to you with? What decisions do they need to make? So let's look talk about the person who decides, I want to end my marriage, right? Mm -hmm. So what what where does your coaching start with the, with a, a with a client like that? Well, first of all, I have a substantial number of clients who start even before that because the biggest place people get stuck is do I stay or do I go? Oh, yeah. Um, they've been married for over a decade, sometimes two decades, sometimes three decades, right? They've been married for a very long time. They have children. They're worried about what's going to happen to their kids if they divorce. They're worried about their finances. They're worried about the conflict. They're worried about a lot of things. That keeps them spinning in their head. And so they're like, yes, no. One day they're, yes, I want a divorce. The next day they think, eh, maybe not. You know, so they keep going back and forth and they're on the fence. Hence the name of my podcast, Off the Fence, right? Because when you're not making a decision, you're living life by default and you're really not living at all because you're not invested in your marriage because you don't want to be there. And you're not invested in starting a new life because you're not there. So you're kind of in betwixt and between, as they say. So that's the first decision I help people with. And then the second decision, all right, once they know, yes, this is what I want to do. Okay, how do you want to do it? And who do you want to do it with? Who's going to be on your team? Because just like they say it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a team to get through a divorce in a well-reasoned way, right? In a way that doesn't leave you destroyed at the end of it. 
So who do you want on your team? Who do you, how do you want to do this? Do you want to, you know, how much can you settle with your spouse beforehand? And when you're negotiating, how do you do that and do it with confidence, right? So I help prepare people all the way through to make better decisions because making decisions is a skill set and it's one that nobody ever teaches us. Yeah, it really is. I, I see sometimes some professionals I see sometimes, you know, other lawyers or other professionals, they really can't make any decisions and they're not in an emotional distress situation. So when if you add all that emotion to, you know, what's going on, it's really hard to get out of your own way and choose. Um, and you before the show, we were talking and you said that, you know, I, there's very few other situations where so many people have to make so many important life decisions in such a short period of time as a divorce right? Yeah. Will you divorce? Where will you live? Will you, what assets will be divided? How, what will the children's schedule be uh, on and on and on and on? So, it's a lot of decisions. And the, the kicker is it's a lot of decisions about things that really matter to most people, right? So it's easy to get caught up. And I'm sure you've had the same experience that I've had in divorce negotiations with, you know, you're with a couple, you know, you're there, maybe another lawyer's there or mediator, whatever the situation. And there's somebody that it's just like, oh, I don't know. Yes, no, yes, no. And it's like trying to pin jello to a wall. And the problem is until you make a decision, nothing can happen. You just spin. So you stay in the, what I call the yuck of divorce for longer than you need to simply because you're not making the decisions that will actually move you forward and move you forward to get to the place you want to be. Because that's another thing that most people don't do in a divorce. They don't, they're so busy dealing with the day to day. They don't think about where do I want to be at the end of this? What do I want for myself? What do I want for my children? What do I want for my finances? Because if you do divorce right, it's a blip. In the radar screen of your life. It does not become the defining moment of your entire existence, right? But for some people it does. And so what you want to do, if you want to get through this and get beyond it, is to say, where do I want to be? Make that goal, get yourself prepared and make a plan to get to the end of it. Yeah. And that team, you know, the different, which team professionals are going to help you do it. But first you have to think about where do you want to be? I love having that conversation with my clients um, to prepare them for that conversation, like in the collaborative divorce or a mediation process. You know, what's important to each of you? I love that conversation because I really get them to stop thinking about right now and think yeah. about their future and why things are important to them. And if they have a coach, you'll do even a better job at it than I can do. Um, or the financial professional that can really help you think about what you need financially. Right. So that's that's why I was a big proponent, too, of the collaborative process, because it kind of has that team. It puts it to, helps you put it together so that you've got the right professionals to to help you at each juncture of divorce. Because, you know, the truth is divorce is definitely legal because it's a legal contract between a husband and a wife. But for most people, the legal part, it's about 10 percent. The rest of it is financial. It's emotional. It's practical. It's, 
kids, it's family, it's social, it's all the things, right? And so that's why I say I like to make my clients the CEO of their own divorce because somebody's got to quarterback all this stuff. And the problem is people expect their lawyer to be that quarterback. And that is not what lawyers do. Yeah, really true. But they have to be get out of their own way sometimes in order to be that, to take that that charge in that way of their life, of their divorce, of their process. Right. And it's not, not everyone's able to do that on their own. Nope. Very it, okay. it is not easy at all because you're so emotional. All of this stuff is so important to you um, that it's hard if you don't have a coach, a lawyer, a financial advisor, like the people that you need on your team. And, you know, when people hear team, they think, dollars and cents. Oh my, this is going to cost a fortune. This is going to be way more expensive. And the truth is it doesn't have to be right because the financial advisor, you know, the the most expensive professional is generally the lawyer. The financial advisor may be working just, you know, if you're, if they're managing your assets, they may be giving you advice on the side for free. You know, the like a lending professional is going to work for free. A realtor gets paid when the house sells. Like so there's there's a lot of different ways to structure the financial end of it. So it doesn't end up costing you a fortune. And also and if it and if you are paying out of pocket for the coach, think about the, your hourly rate as a coach is less than it was as a lawyer. I'm assuming. Yes. Right? You're not charging the same rate. So I can give that coaching and advice to the best of my ability. But someone like Karen who's trained as a coach, who has this experience, will be much more, much better at it at a lower cost and you'll get more for your money. So highly recommend going with the professionals that are experts in that area that you need. So do you have any, so so now if that someone has gotten off the fence on the side of, I want the divorce, Mm -hmm. what, what do you encourage your clients to do at that point? What are the first steps? Step number one, get prepared, right? Because going through a divorce is like going through anything else, any other major event in life. The more prepared you are, the better you're going to do. And part of preparation is education. Understand, learn, take the time to discover how this system really works because it doesn't work the way most people think that it's going to work, right? The legal system is not intuitive and it's not user-friendly. And that's the way it was designed. So it's not just you, but you've got to take the time to understand this is how it works. This is what's going to matter. This is what's not not going to matter. And this is what matters to me. And again, where I want to go. So getting yourself prepared, understanding your finances. You know, I know that's a subject that a lot of people are scared about, you know, especially if you weren't the person who was managing the money in the marriage, the idea of numbers could scare the bejesus out of you, Right. But it doesn't have to. It's, you know, all you have to learn. You don't need a degree in higher math or finance. You just need to know the basics, understand how they work, right? And then you start to give yourself the preparation and the tools so that as you go through the process, you make the best decisions, not the ones that after six months after your divorce, you look back, your head clears, and you think, what was I thinking? Right. Why did I keep this really expensive house to maintain? and upkeep and the mortgage. And when I could have, we could have sold it, I could have had some cash and some freedom, but I was so emotionally attached to this home. I couldn't imagine anything else. And I gave up all these other assets. And now everything is, is sitting here in this house that I have to keep paying for. That, that's a very big emotional decision. Huge. And that definitely want to, that's just one example of, you know, of, of 
wanting to make sure you have the right advice. Can you afford this? What are the long-term costs? And just someone shining a light on that for you could really help clear the emotions out and you can look at it more clearly. Right. And it, look, knowledge is power. Actually, knowledge is potential power. Using the knowledge makes the knowledge power, right? But there's no, so many people are afraid to even open that door and like lift the lid and look under it and say, how does this work? What, what is this about? Right. But you can't make an informed decision unless you understand what your options are and how something works. So, you know, and and Andrea, I'm sure you've had the same experience that I've had working with clients as a lawyer. Sometimes you give people advice and you say, for financial reasons, this is what makes the most sense for you. And the person says, that's great. I appreciate your advice, but I don't want to do it for this, this, and this other reasons. Okay, fine. As long as you understood what the consequences were and you chose something with full knowledge of what you were doing, okay. We all make our own beds, right? And it works or it doesn't work and you move on and you, you know, you pivot as you need to. But the problem is, is when you're so emotionally clouded and you don't even want to look and you're like, I, I, I don't care. I just want the house. I want, I want this, right? And then later on, like you said, when the fog clears, you're looking around you thinking, oh, I made a big mistake. I, I, it's, I, it's, there's nothing worse than having the clients who you know they're not they, they're not doing what's probably best for them long-term. And you hear from them a year later, sometimes two years later, you know, that they can't, it's not working. But we try to avoid that by if you get the advice you need, get the support you need, take to slow things down sometimes, right? We can't be rushing into this process as much as you want to rip that Band-Aid off and get this over with. Patience is important. Knowledge is important having the right team around you, right? It's like you and I have, have said, you know, when we chatted offline, it, divorce only goes as fast as, this, as this, the slowest person. So if someone needs time to kind of wrap their head around what's going on, um, usually the person who wasn't the decider, so to speak, you have to wait. I mean, you can you can either try to bulldoze them, in which case it's probably going to take longer because they're going to dig in. Or you can give them the time to kind of mentally and psychologically adjust, and then things go a whole lot more smoothly. Yeah, and that and that's where the team professionals can come in too, because they can help the other attorney or collaborative attorney or you know the, whatever other people are on the team can help push your spouse perhaps forward, maybe pull you when needed, you know, so they can help regulate um, the two of you to move you forward. You know, so you're not taking multi steps forward and, you know, even more back. So, so what if somebody, want, you know, makes a decision? I want to, I want an amicable divorce. I do not want, I don't want to be in court fighting. I think my husband or a spouse or whoever it may be can work things out. To, I think we'll be able to do this. Um, how do they know? What do you tell your clients to look at to know if the if amicable divorce is even something that, could be possible. What what are the signs they should be looking for? Or questions they should ask. The biggest question or the biggest indicator is who are you married to? What was the past history of your marriage? What was your spouse's behavior like during the marriage? What were your interactions like during the marriage? If you've had a high conflict marriage and you and your spouse have been at loggerheads the entire marriage, to think that you're going to have 
miraculously, an amicable divorce may be a bit optimistic, right? It's not to say you don't try, but you have to be realistic. I mean, so many people going into divorce have what, what I call magical thinking, right? All of a sudden, everything is just going to divide itself up and it's all going to go away. We're going to be done in like three months, no problem. And you're, and as a professional, we sit there and we smile and go, okay, because we know it's not going to happen that way, right? So if you're trying to assess, are you going to have an amicable divorce? Are you married to somebody and do you have a relationship that's capable of being amicable? That's your first question, right? And then the second question, if you want an amicable divorce, it depends on what divorce process you use. If you hire the shark attorney and right out of the gate, your attorney files the petition, files a motion for, for temporary support, for full custody of the kids, for this, that, and the other thing, and they come out, in other words, fighting with both guns you know, blazing, that's not the way to start an amicable divorce. Because yeah, can you pull back from that? Of course you can, but it's hard, it's right? Really- it's really really hard. So the best way, if you want an amicable divorce, is to choose a process that keeps you out of court and that keeps things, you know, yes, you want to be well represented and you can be outside of court, but you don't have to start a huge fight. So you keep things that the emotional uh, level down as much as you possibly can. And you go from there. Yeah. And then, and, and then, so it's also important, even if you hire the attorney, that's not going to you know, make this World of War three, your spouse has to do the same. Because if, you know, if, if you have two different types of attorneys with two different goals for what they're trying to achieve for their for themselves, maybe, or for their clients, it, it's not going to work. It'll default to the higher conflict attorney methodologies because it just has to. Right. right? So in our case, it means, you know, well, they might have to have a, hire another lawyer uh, because we don't litigate at all. Um, but most of our clients, their spouses do end up hiring um, attorneys who can, who will work with us and, and work in the right, in the processes that, that will keep them out of court. Yeah, um, that's, that's really important, right? Because if you've, like you said, going to court is the default way to get a divorce. Like if nothing else works, that's the only thing that, it's the only choice you've got. But if you can stay out of court, it's always going to be a better choice, but both of you have to want to. I say it should be the last resort. You know, try those other options before you do it, for sure. Um, and, okay, so so now let's talk about clients who, you know, like I said, we only work with clients who want to have an amicable divorce, um, but they need to be able to as well. So everyone who hires us wants it, but not, they're not always able. So what signs should we look for to say, this might not be an uncontested divorce in the end, or things are not going the way you, you know, you think they are, whether it's looking at yourself or, or looking Mm -hmm. at your spouse or the situation, you know, what do you um, advise your clients to look at, or what do you see when they're having some friction in, in moving forward? One telltale sign, and this happens in a number of divorces, right, is when one spouse gets nervous about money and they go and they empty the bank account and they take it, they take the money that used to be in a joint account and all of a sudden it's in their sole account and the other spouse has no access to it, can't even see it. That is pretty much guaranteed to make anyone freak out. When you see your bank account just drain to zero, 
not a good thing, right? So, and I understand when, when a relationship starts to dissolve, the first thing that goes out the window is trust. But if you can at least maintain the lines of communication open, then you can say to your spouse, look, um, how do I know you're not going to take all the money? Or how do you know that I'm not going to take all the money? What can we do? What agreements can we put into place? What safeguards can we put into place? For example, if you've got a joint account, you can each set alerts on the bank account that if somebody withdraws the money, you get pinged on your phone and you'll know immediately you can call them up and say, hey, what, what are you doing? What's going on? Right. So there are steps that you can take to try to minimize the risk. Um, but that's really what you're dealing with. If somebody if somebody drains the bank account, not a good sign. If somebody won't talk to you, not a good sign. If someone makes an agreement, whether it's one on one with you or through the lawyers, and then completely does the opposite, not a good sign. Not a good No. And then when someone's looking at themselves, um, you know, how do they, you know, what do you, what do you see? Cause that's all what other people are doing to see, oh, they're not on the same page as me. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything you advise clients? Don't do that. Or, or make sure you do do this. <laughs> if you, if you really truly want to be able to have that divorce, you say you want. Okay. One of the big things you can look at for yourself is like, don't date somebody else. Don't get involved in another relationship. I mean, even if that has no legal significance because it's a complete no fault state and you know what you do doesn't affect how things are divided or the support that you get that's fine but do you not think it's going to trigger your spouse's emotions of course it is so just like that's something that every person can do themselves and say yeah no don't do that and get a handle on your own emotions mm-hmm. emotions drive ugly divorces period full stop so and part of that is your emotions feed into that now we're all human you're not a robot of course you have emotions but the more you can work with a coach or a therapist to get this under control to get your own head and self under control the more you're going to be able to dial down the emotions in the divorce and have that amicable divorce you really want. People are feeling strong emotions like fear or anger, resentment. You need, it's normal, it's human, like you said, right? But we need to put them in perspective, make sure they're not controlling the situation, deal with them offline (laughs) so that you can now make the decisions that you need to make to move things forward. Because then you'll drag everyone else down this hole with you with with all with those emotions that are not as helpful also we had we had you had mentioned um and i really agree i think i saw this in a blog actually where you mentioned having having unrealistic expectations could be a real problem and not and prevent you from having that non-adversarial divorce and yeah So you want to say a little bit more about that? Yeah, it goes back to the whole concept of magical thinking. Like everybody has an idea of what happens in a divorce, how it works, um, what's going on, what they need to do or not do. And sometimes the picture that's been portrayed in the media or on TV, um, it's not real. It's not realistic. And that's another reason why having the right professionals can make such a difference because they know yeah, you might think you're going to get X, but 
99% chance that that's not going to happen with these judges in this state and the law the way it is and what have you. So you can't settle a divorce with somebody who believes they're going to get the sun, the moon, and the stars. Because why would that person give up what they think they're going to get? They're just not going to do it. But if they realize they're not going to get that, now things become able to be resolved in a much better way. So it's about, and you can't, you can't really reality check your spouse because they're not going to believe you. Um, you're going to say, that's not how it works. And they're going to say, yeah, what do you know? Right. Go talk to your lawyer is what you have to tell them. But you also have to get your own expectations in line and know that, you know, this is the way things really work versus the way you wish they work. You know, it, it, this comes up a lot with long term relationships um, and same sex relationships in particular, where they've been together a long time. And they have this relationship and they've built their life together. But the marriage didn't start until, you know, when gay marriage was illegal, which wasn't that long ago um, in most states. So, you know, how to, the loss is one thing, but your feelings and your emotions and your expectations say another. So that's another reason to stay out of court, everyone, <laughs> so that you can have more room for negotiation around issues like that or really long term marriages where. You expect you're going to be supported for the rest of your life, but your your spouse is on the verge of retirement and they, they might not have the money that they, that yeah. you need because their income is going to be cut, you know, at some point soon. So taking a deep breath, listening to even information you don't want to hear and then putting things in perspective, you know, 100 percent. And, and just to point out something that, that you just said, um, there is nothing about divorce that is fair. People keep trying to look for, well, what's fair to them, right? But what's fair depends on which perspective you're looking through, right? So you might think something is fair that your spouse says, that's not fair at all. What are you talking about? And the lawyers and the judge might say, no, neither one of you understand what's fair, right? So trying to look through the lens of fair is a way to get yourself in big trouble and really be disappointed, right? So, you know, you start out with the assumption that none of this is going to be fun. None of this is going to be fair. It might not even be right, but you got to understand what reality is. What are your options? And then you're, you're in a position to choose an option that you actually have a chance of achieving versus wanting pie in the sky that would be great, but it's never going to happen. Right. And you're just setting yourself up for disappointment and anger and more resentment. Yeah. And if you want to move on with your life, I think finding someone like you to really, you're such a straight talker and you're clearly, you know, understand what the, the whole, you, you have such a background from being a lawyer, being in the court system, you know, what you know, the whole range of what ever your clients are dealing with. Um, it sounds like you're, you know, people would be very lucky to find you <laughs> from what thank I you. Can, yeah from what I can see so thank you this has been this has been so interesting I'm so glad we had the chance to talk about this um what is your one better divorce tip it's the question I ask all my guests so what would you say the one better divorce tip is be prepared right the more prepared you are the better you're gonna do so take the time to hire the coach educate yourself you know, hire the lawyer, hire the professionals that you need, do the research, learn. If you, if you're, 
um, a little bit not so sure of yourself in the area of finance, figure that out, you know, learn how personal finance works, learn how your assets work. If you're a little bit, you know, not so great with the, in the kids area, you know, what's going on with them, learn, learn everything that you can about every area of your life that's going to be affected by your divorce and prepare yourself for what's coming because then you'll be ready to do it better and you'll have that better divorce that you talk about. Be prepared. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. So how can someone find out more about you if they want to work with you, to read more about you, your podcast? What's the best way to find you? The best way to find me is on my website. It's karencovey.com, K-A-R-E-N-C-O-V-Y.com. There's no version, there's no E in my version of Covey because otherwise I'd be related to somebody really rich and I wouldn't have to work for a living. <laughs> and they can get your book there too? Or and they can get the book there. They get the book on Amazon. I'm also on all the socials, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards, um, YouTube. There's I have a whole plethora of resources for free in all the places so you can pretty much find me anywhere at Karen Covey. Karen Covey. No E. No E. Well, to find out more about Avaca Family Law Group and how you can have a better divorce, visit our website at vacalaw.com. This has been another episode of A Better Divorce Podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. You've been tuning in to another episode of A Better Divorce Podcast with Andrea Vaca. Thank you for subscribing, leaving your positive comments and reviews, and sharing the show with others. You can watch episodes at VacaLaw.com, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you can listen through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Bye for now. And remember, you can have a better divorce.